0: Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We have spent several weeks looking at spiritual gifts. I'm going to try to reserve some time at the end for us to go through this questionnaire, this quiz. And it is going to help us, hopefully, in identifying our spiritual gifts. There are some follow-up questions that we, if we have time, we'll, we'll ask those as well. And uh, we can take some some questions at the end the the questionnaire uh, is and the, the evaluation is is not a holy Spirit inspired <laughs> questionnaire uh, obviously um, it's it's not uh, taken out of the pages of scripture in in the sense of the ways in which the questions are asked but you'll see it'll help us in maybe kind of pinpointing our strengths, our weaknesses, and seeing even as we have already maybe been evaluating our life, what what uh, areas has God gifted me in? How can I use those for the Lord? And so I hope it will be of help to us, and uh, it will probably generate some questions. We'll try to answer some of those. But let's get right into our final uh, look here at this last Uh, group of gifts. We have worked our way through the temporary gifts. We spent a considerable amount of time looking at the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and why we believe that is a temporary gift along with the other four temporary gifts. We know that the gift of prophecy uh, continues in the form of preaching and teaching already revealed divine truth not predicting future events, not receiving new revelation, though we know in Revelation 11 there will be the two prophets who will uh, be receiving direct revelation from God in that dispensation for that hour, for that time in the second half of the tribulation. But uh, we have looked at those temporary gifts, and then we got into uh, several of the other gifts, and I want to, for sake of time, just jump kind of right back into where we left off last week. I had you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, and we also are looking at Romans 12, but we looked at briefly last week, ministering, giving, mercy, and helping, and these often overlap and run together, though they are mentioned distinctly in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 in verse 28, at the end of verse 28, we see helps, governments, And uh, we see the temporary gifts, healings, diversities of tongues. We've talked about teaching and uh, prophets and then apostles already uh, mentioned in verse 28. But specifically, helps and governments is mentioned there in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Romans 12, 7 and 8 refers to the gifts of ministering, giving, and mercy. Specifically, if we can identify these gifts in specific definitions, the overseeing and administering, Ministries of the church. Giving is extraordinary. Giving to God's work. People who are blessed by God. And and it's not always those who are are wealthy. I think I used that primarily as the illustration last, or as the application last Sunday. It's not always those who are wealthy. It's even those who maybe don't have a lot. But we have to all recognize that everything that we have is a gift from God. And uh, speaking with someone after... Uh, the Sunday school hour after church last Sunday, the reminder that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And really, the the gift of giving, as all of us are commanded to give, we call it a tithe. First Corinthians 16 talks about on the first day of the week, bringing into the storehouse on the first day of the week. We use that as a proof text for why we worship on Sundays, in addition to the fact that we should be giving the Old Testament principle of tithe, it does carry over into the New Testament, though we're not under the law. And if we understand in the Old Testament under the Mosaic law, I believe it was over 20%. I forget the exact number, but I believe it was over 20%, maybe close to a third by the time you included uh, the various taxes that were added for the temple and various uh, uh, ways in which uh, the the Jewish uh, system, religious and governmental system worked. I think it was even closer to a third. Uh, but there was a tithe of 10%. And then the New Testament, the principle of giving continues. But the gift of giving is extraordinary. It's above and beyond. There, there is a willingness and a sacrifice. These individuals are just willing to go above and beyond. They, they find uh, great blessing in helping meet specific needs materially financially and whether it be a missionary or a special project at church or someone who is in the church who is struggling uh, financially or in in some other way and they just take it upon themselves regularly as led by God uh, to give and to meet that need mercy a deep compassion for those in need A willingness to help them that far exceeds the average acts of kindness. Again, are we all supposed to be ministering, giving, and extending mercy? Sure. But these are gifts that go above and beyond. They're extraordinary. And then helping. An exceptional ability to come to the aid of others, supply a particular need at the right time and place. It may also refer to a special ability to play a supporting role in a ministry without complaints. And I've seen these gifts in action throughout 25 years of ministry Uh, Many of you uh, have already recognized that God has gifted you in one or more of these areas, and uh, you are seeking to use that for the Lord, and we praise God for it. Maybe as we go through this questionnaire, you'll see that maybe this is an area that uh, God has has gifted you in, and you want to use it for God's glory. Some additional applications uh, regarding these gifts. They're closely related. Some even assign them to the tasks of deacons. While well, yes, deacons are uh, to be using this, uh, these, these ministries, the gift of ministry, giving, mercy, helping. Uh, yes, deacons should be doing those things, but it's not just specific to deacons. We see in the overall context of the Bible that these are activities for all believers, and they are crucial for the ministry of the church. In so many ways. And of course service stands at the core of our calling. And then some additional applications to practice of these gifts. If there's some ways to maybe help uh, apply uh, these gifts. There's widows, orphans, the poor, daily activities in the church. Discerning when individuals or groups are in need of help. It could be meals. And then just various areas. People who are, are willing, able. God's given them maybe even knowledge in certain areas. Um, people who are just willing to come in and vacuum floors and fix a faucet, take out the trash. There are people who are taking, tear down, set up. I mean, on and on we could go. And they just love and are, are gifted in this area. They love serving and they're gifted in this area and they go above and beyond to minister to the needs of the church. And then ruling, leadership. Guidance. We see there governments in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28. In Romans 12 and verse number 8, we see ruleth with diligence. So we're using ruleth and governments in the same, uh, basically the same gift, the idea of leadership, of guidance. While prom- primarily related to the ministry of pastors, yes, there are pastors who are often gifted in this area. The context does suggest that there are other believers besides those in vocational ministry who have this ability, who have this giftedness. They have an administrative ability, organizing, planning, carrying out ministry, doing so in a sound, decisive, and loving way. And so thankful for these people. They can organize banquets, they can run certain ministries, they can organize certain types of activities or ministries in the church, and they just do so with precision many times. And they just have that ability to put people together and organize groups and lay out a timeline. Uh, maybe you know somebody who's very schedule-oriented, and they are just always blocking schedules. And uh, you know somebody who is like that. Often they exhibit This spiritual gift they're very schedule oriented they know how to put things into a timetable and they have a way of making sure people are where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there and they know exactly what's going on and at what time and uh, sometimes people who are not very schedule oriented the schedule people drive them crazy because if they're not five minutes early then they're late. Or in some cases, if they're not 30 minutes early, then they're late, right? Uh, but that's not always the case with these people with their uh, giftedness. But often uh, we see that in their detail-oriented scheduling type of ministry. Yes? What's that? We drive them crazy, they drive them crazy. Oh, right, right. It goes right, right. <clears throat> and sometimes we balance each other out when it's like that in a marriage, right? One of them is very schedule-oriented and one's not, and they, they help balance each other out and uh, bless each other <laughs> in, in that way. <laughs> All right, but leadership and guidance. We're so thankful for this giftedness in the church and the exercise of this gift. We see these ministries are applicable in many areas of church life. Again, these are not exhaustive, but in goals, in teaching, yes, in evangelism, but also in acts of mercy and service, and then the list could go on and on. All right, and then faith. Um, this is a gift that, while every believer is commanded to exercise their faith, <clears throat> obviously faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's saving faith, there's sustaining faith. All right, but we're talking about a, a giftedness that it complements the other gifts. It is a faith that complements the other gifts and allows them to be daring and active. Uh, I'm going to use the the word risk-taking in a right sense of that, not reckless, (laughs) not testing God in a foolish way by running out onto I-65 during rush hour and saying, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, hit me if you want to. No, that's ridiculous. Not that kind of silly, reckless faith. Okay? But a willingness to pray and to depend upon the Lord in exceptional ways and exceptional circumstances. Oftentimes... We recognize this gift in someone who they have a prayer life that is unusual. It is exceptional. It just seems like whatever they pray for, God answers. Not in a word faith, charismatic kind of way where they speak to their destiny and they form their own destiny. Not that kind of thing. But have you been around people like this? I can think of a Of a man in the ministry who I who I've known for many years now. And it just seemed like whatever he prayed for, God was God was working. He just he just had such a heart for the Lord and had such a desire from the Lord and such a dependence upon the Lord, it just seemed like if he prayed for it, God was gonna work. And maybe not exactly the way we thought, but God was providing, God was delivering. God was taking. So who did we go to? If we needed something to be prayed for, if we really had a burden, who did we go to? We went to that person. And we would ask them to pray. And we just knew that this person was making supplication before the Lord. And uh, we would see God move. And uh, we all have to be people of prayer, praying always. We're, we're to... Pray without ceasing. But there is something about this person that has a daring type of faith. And it is an active faith. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hankins, uh, he defined this gift in this way. An exceptional ability to trust God for a particular need. And it is just amazing to see people with this gift and how God... God provides. God, God meets that need. They're the type of people that, I'm just going to give a quick illustration of this individual who, they they would be running late for a meeting. Or just on the, they, they had so many ministry things going on, and then they would be heading downtown Indianapolis for a, a meeting. And they always just seemed to have the closest parking spot, There always just seemed to be somebody who would get out of their parking spot on the side of the street, closest to the place of the meeting. They would be the one who they'd put the parking ticket in and it would come out zeros or somebody would hand them their own parking. I mean, this amazing just that they'd always seem to be where God wanted them at the right time in the right place. And God would use them to meet a particular need or to share the gospel or to help somebody. They just had exceptional faith. They were a joy to be around because you just always sense that whether it be in an elevator or it be in a, uh, a meeting somewhere or in some conference, they just always seemed to have a way to uh, be with the people who they could minister to and to help and to encourage and to be a blessing to or to share the gospel. They just had exceptional faith. So ministries of our church, of our churches, we face odds sometimes, don't we, that seem to be overwhelming. It challenges our faith. But they have a faith in this ministry of faith that challenges, encourages, and reminds people that we serve a powerful God who owns and controls all things. Just one quick example, George Mueller, who would, in his orphanages, they'd run out of food, they'd run out of money. I don't know if you've ever read some of George Mueller's uh, stories But it's incredible. He would pray for groceries for his entire orphanage. They'd be out of everything. And as he said, amen, there'd be a knock at the door. And somebody was dropping off a boatload of groceries and providing for the needs of every kid, every child in that orphanage. Example after example after example. Anybody have another illustration or someone who you've seen? Yes, Jenny. Yep, yep, exactly. Incredible. Earl? I know sometimes how these stories go wrong within churches. I don't know, but one of my early stories stuck with me. Missionary family in some foreign country, and a little girl praying for a toy pony for Christmas. And the family got this package from some supporting church for Christmas. And she wanted to go through there, and the parents were kind of like, oh man, oh man. But they've never gotten anything like this. Yeah. Yes, it's that it's that kind of exceptional answer to prayer and people who have that kind of faith and uh, it's just it's it's just incredible to see uh, how God gives people in that way and how he uses them in, in the church. We'll continue for sake of time and we'll look at yes, Brian. Okay, there is, in the prayer and in the faith and in the belief, there is a dependence upon God, not my will, but thine be done, that is different from the word faith movement, which you speak to your circumstances, and you then are, by the power of your words, with the right positive verbiage, You can cause God to move on your behalf because you are speaking the right words in such a way of faith that you are, in a sense, controlling God. And you are telling God what to do for you based on your desires and your words and your faith. Whereas the faith that we're talking about here is not my will, but thine be done. I'm depending upon you, I'm trusting you, God, if you will provide, but they in this- in this gift they they just i don't know what it is it's a walk with the Lord, it's a giftedness of understanding and discerning God's desires that he lays upon their heart for certain things. Some of it i've seen I think of this one individual they just they just seem to Know what God wanted in that moment. And they would pray and they would even sometimes, not always, but sometimes they would even express that. I'm praying specifically about, and then we would see God. But they weren't saying, they weren't saying, I am causing this. I am calling this into existence. It's almost like an incantation or a spell. Can I Can I just use... Sorry to use this illustration, but it's just one that I think of. It, it's it's like uh, a, a wizard or someone with a, a, a psycho uh, What's the word? A uh, not, not a palm reader, but uh, a psychic. They they treat God as if they are in control, and they're like a psychic who can, or a wizard who can cast just the right spell to cause their circumstances to work out in their favor. That's the word faith movement. They're literally acting like they are little G gods who can move God to do what they want God to do. That is very different than us saying, not my will, but thine be done, but effectually, fervently praying based on a desire that God has put in our heart as we delight in him. We'll talk about that in James with Elijah. I know that's not the best, but I hope that differentiates it a little bit. Yes, Brian. Um, Would you say then that faith is not just believing something, anything, long enough and hard
1: enough?
0: Yes. But true faith is taking God His word, trusting Him that He can. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. That's a great way to put it. And through that, we've seen Lynn. We've seen Karen, and and we can give other examples. We can see God sustain them. We can see their testimonies shine forth. We can see God use them in the lives of others. That's part of the prayers of God's people. That's part of our trust in God to do. We don't have God's insight, his omniscience, to know every detail of everything, to know everything that needs to be done. But God does. He's managing and providential and he knows it all. And so we're trusting him. I'm not making God do what I want him to do. I'm trusting him to do what only he can do. But in great faith, trusting I love that. That's a tension. We have to embrace that tension. We have to. We have to live that. And that's where God wants us to be. Um, Yes, Marty. Yes, they do. Exactly. Exactly. We had a, a charismatic individual pray over us one time. She said she came up to it in the middle of the driveway. And she, she, she said, I have been given a gift. I've been given an anointing from God. And she put her hands on us. And she, she's, her, her marriage was a mess. Her kids were in rebellion. She lived for herself. But I've received this anointing from God. And she put her hands on us. Did our house sell? Not according to the way she called out. But she was saying, God, you're going to do this for them because of who I am. That's a wrong attitude. Good point. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Right, right, right. Before I got saved, I was thinking about good works. The church I went to, I was got that and everything. The day that I got saved, they were all just a childlike person. Yes, yes, yes. So I think you can you're talking about. They're just 24 7-like little children. And in faith and independence and prayer, God is changing us to conform us to his will. Not us trying to get God to conform to our will. Big, big difference there. So, Good, thank you. Discernment, what an important gift this is. And we're so thankful. I believe my dad had the gift of discernment. I just am wowed even to this day thinking back at times where my dad just seemed to really have an understanding of certain things (laughs) that were going on. And could get a good sniffer, (laughs) so to speak. And we're thankful for people like this. In, in the sense of a temporary giftedness, there were times where a uh, discerning between the spirits, yes, re- recognizing truth from error and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But there was, in the temporary aspect, where there was new divine revelation being given as God was giving us His Revealed word that there would be this gift for discerning that is a false prophet that is not okay well, that gift in this is still functioning today, okay, so there's an aspect of this that is discerning when there was not revelation coming from God. We can go through the the books of first and second kings for second Samuel chronicles. And we can see where God would bring prophets, and there would be a false prophet who would give a king a certain counsel, another prophet would come. We can talk about Balaam and Balak and all that, okay? But the point is discerning of spirits was used in the days of the revelation of God and his word, okay, the, the specific revelation of his word, his inspired word, where there was discernment. And a gift in this to say, okay, that is not from God. That is a false prophet. And there would be a discerning there, okay? But he doesn't reveal his will through signs and visions and wonders. He's no longer giving us new divine revelation. So, in that sense, we're not seeing that gift function in that sense. But is this gift of discernment functioning? With already revealed divine truth, with the 66 books of the Bible, with the Word of God already revealed. Yes, in this way, the ministry of discerning, when a teaching or a plan fits in with God's will, whether it comes from the leading of the Holy Spirit, they have an exceptional ability to look at the principles, the commands, and the promises of God's Word and apply those in decisions that are made on behalf of the church or in the leading of God concerning his will. I'm thankful for, again, I'm thankful for my dad, who I believe had this gift. Did he serve as a deacon for a while? Yes, but he didn't always serve in that capacity. But he just had this ability. I think of Pastor Erwood. Pastor Erwood, who I served under for 12 years, he had this gift of discernment. He just seemed to be able to sniff things out uh again is it a is it an omniscience no uh, it's not like that but they just have this ability to i don't know how to say it other than you know when you get the heebie-jeebies about something there, there's somebody who comes in and they are they're, they're in the auditorium they're in the church service for a few times but there's just something about them and you get them, you sit them down and begin to listen to them and they are they're full of garbage they got certain religious verbiage and terminology. Sometimes it's that group of people in the church who recognize that there's some wrong teaching that's coming from the pulpit. And they set up a meeting with the pastor and they get an explanation and they realize, okay, there were some things that need to be fine-tuned or tweaked. He really wasn't trying to lead the church in some wrong direction. Or they realize, hmm, he is trying to lead the church in a wrong direction. And there's obviously a process that goes or it's what we need for, far. We need this long and far today because you go on the internet and I use I, I'm not against social media, but we are in a world today of constant information, non-stop. We feel like sometimes we're drinking out of a fire hydrant, don't we? Non stop information, data, notices, notifications. I mean, I, I turn off 95% of the notifications on my phone. I don't need to know every time Donald Trump sneezes. I don't need to know every time some sports star hits a home run. I mean, we can have our phone going off non stop, 24 7. There's constant information. Don't we need to be discerning? seems like now more than ever. And it seems like we have a lot less discernment with a lot more information coming our way. We need this gift. The ability to discern when a new teaching contradicts the basic teachings of the Christian faith. Recognizing when these doctrines, foundational, fundamental doctrines, are being questioned or attacked or undermined. Trinity, person, ministry of Christ, person, ministry of the Spirit... Inspiration of scriptures. And then 1 John 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Every believer is commanded to be discerning, and discerning comes through spiritual maturity, through knowledge of God and his word, but also there are people who have an exceptional giftedness in this area. And when we recognize those individuals, we listen up, (laughs) we pay attention. I know I have done that in the ministry, and I believe that God has given me a measure of this gift it's, again, it's not omniscient, by no means. Uh, I believe God has given my wife, to a certain degree, this gift. Uh, I saw it in Pastor Arrowwood. I've seen it in my dad. I've seen it in individuals. And I've found myself drawn toward people who have good sniffers, <laughs> who can kind of, hmm. I mean, can I pick on uh, Marty for a second here, Denny? Did, did you not have to have some discernment in, 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 in Becky, and in law enforcement? You walk into a situation, right, and you have almost a sixth sense. In a sense, there's a spiritual giftedness that is similar. You walk into a situation, you meet certain people, you're aware of certain things, and you're like, hmm, I've been there, I've I've walked into Bible studies or meetings, and I've sat there for a while, and I've listened, and I'm like, something's not right about this. Dig a little deeper, read a little bit more, listen a little bit further, hmm, all right. (laughs) <laughs> staying away from that. I picked up literature, was reading through it, oh, it sounded good, sounded good, sounded good, got to page 20, got down to the bottom, last paragraph. Everybody's going to get a second chance before God at the judgment seat and then if they finally reject God, then they're going to, a lot of it, I mean, 95% of it was pretty good stuff and they got to the end and it's like, oh, we get one more chance right before God at the judgment seat. Okay, <laughs> this is, you know, and we we know that Rat poison is what? 99% good stuff and 1% poison, something like that. Discernment, so important. Questions, comments? All right, hopefully you have that sheet. Thank you to the ushers, uh, to the men who helped pass that out. We'll go through this questionnaire quiz. I think I can pull it up here. I believe I've got it. All right, so I know we don't have a lot of time, but if you don't mind going through this, and uh, you may want to take it home with you, but here are some ways to maybe help evaluate our life and our giftedness. Am I able to communicate effectively the message of salvation? And then there is some of the time, most of the time, consistently, or not at all, I make critical decisions when necessary, rejoice when meeting needs through sharing, enjoy studying, and then you can go on down through and uh, see if that helps you. And then the second page is, I believe it's on the back, and there's a tally sheet there where you can total things up. And then there's discussion questions. We won't have time to get to all of this. We did not have that page That's fine. I did not, yeah, I did not do copies of this one. I just did the. So as we go through this and we think through some of these things. Um, there are follow questions I did not include on the on the sheets. I just did the one page front and back, but you can identify maybe the three to five areas where you had the highest scores or three to five areas where you had the lowest scores what 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 are some of the ways we can apply this. Let's say that I have a high score in certain areas, but I have low scores in other areas. What does that what does that say about the exercise and the application of our gifts? Does it mean that we just totally ignore the low areas? Well, what if that low area is still an area where we as believers are to be serving? Okay, it just may mean that I don't serve <laughs> in a particular area, though I may step in and help out. I know it's not my My strength. But if there's an area that we see there's strength, what should we be doing? Praying for God to give us opportunity to use that, right? To use and to develop to be a good steward of that gift. Uh, Maybe you'll be surprised by some of the results. Uh, Maybe not. Um, Anybody have anything that they want to share as you work through the questionnaire? Or maybe you've done something like this before. Anybody have a thought? or Yes, Becky. I, I think I've told you this story, but we did this at, at one of our previous churches. Mm-hmm. Kids were still in yeah. And I scored very, very, very low on mercy. On mercy? Uh-huh. Very low. Okay. And we were not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> your, ki- your kids were like, oh, mom is not a merciful person. Right, okay. So if I can pick on you for a minute, identifying that is probably something that you're, now aware of, and you try to work on, but at the same time, you know you're always going to struggle with that. But yeah. I I yeah. Yes, sure. And that's one of the things that we do, is we see this, we say, okay, maybe that is something I can, I can develop and, and, and work on, but I know it's going to be an area that I'll always struggle with. Um, but at the same time, that is probably very helpful in certain areas, too, because you're able to lower the boom when you really need to. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have a comment or question? I'm not going to ask you to turn this in. I'm not going to take it to the deacons at our next meeting and say, okay, so-and-so scored low here, and so-and-so scored. <laughs> I'm not going to put this into a computer and a spreadsheet and go through and start identifying. It's really just a self-examination, self-evaluation. And uh, maybe you want to share that with uh, a spouse, with your children. Uh with a significant other. Uh maybe it's something that you would even uh uh want to uh share with somebody else in the church as the Lord would, would lead. But comments or, or questions, yes. Earl. I'm very grateful and relieved you said a group or that you were not all that good or well an administrator. Yes. I went to the local church I was a friend and said, Lord, let there be the administrator who wants and would know how to do that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy a certain level of administration. I never would have been a school principal. And I think there's a certain level of that that every pastor has to have. But there are some pastors that I've met that they're, they're like 99% administrative. And it's like they're just constantly just... I, I, I understand, but I still see that there's a call from God to shepherd, to preach... Administration, yes, there's going to be some strengths there, but I met a man who ended up, he, he's, I think he's now back in the pastorate, but he, he lost his pastorate. He was out of the ministry for a long time because he was so administrative that he was driving people crazy. And then I see people, I see men who are so administrative that they're running board meetings all week long and executive committee meetings all week long, and they're no longer shepherding. So even if you have an administrative gift as a pastor, you've got to understand your priorities and your call. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're not administrative at all, you gotta, you got to shore that up, maybe with a staff or deacons or laymen. Um, but then again, that's where strengths and weaknesses come into play and in recognizing that. Any other comments or questions? We'll finish a little early today. Uh, again, you may still be working through that. You may want to take it home and, and uh, go through that so, further or discuss it with somebody. But I hope that this series has been a help. We'll start a new series, uh, Lord willing, next week. And then the teens will go back. Um, I appreciate their Purcells uh, being willing to take the next uh, six weeks. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be leading a teen class. And uh, then Dan Clark um, is going to teach a series and I think, we, I think we agreed on like the middle of October or something like that uh, until right before Thanksgiving. And so thankful for uh, some others who uh, have the gift of teaching or at least willing to try that. <laughs> and uh, thankful for uh, the, uh, the gifts and the abilities that God has given us. And may the Lord continue to give us opportunity to, to serve one another and serve the Lord together uh, with these gifts. Closing comments or questions? No? Okay, well, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the spiritual gifts that you have given us. Lord, we're we're humbled that you would even use us. Lord, that you would even desire to have a relationship with us. We're thankful for that mercy, that love, that grace that you have shown us. Lord, help us to see our giftedness as a stewardship that we should be using, developing, for your glory and for the service of others. Lord, may this be a a way in which we can grow together as a church and love and serve one another in greater ways to be effective in the ministry that you have called us to, that you have equipped us to serve in and to be able to reach out to others and to share the gospel and see others come to Christ and use their gifts for your glory. Bless now in the service to follow, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here, and uh, we'll get ready for the service to begin in about 15, 16 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Security team needs to meet with Denny. Thank you. I apologize. Thank you. Security team, if you can meet with Denny over in the first Sunday school room...